The final thing in terms of realistic expectations is helping them understand that one pound of fat requires an over 3,500 calorie deficit. That is a huge, huge calorie deficit that is incredibly unsafe to try to target all at once. So we're talking about, you know, maybe a 50 calorie deficit, maybe even a 25 calorie deficit for these kitties every single day. Hi, I'm Dr. Natalie Marks and welcome back in to the Perfect Your Practice podcast. Today I'm joined by a great friend, an even more amazing boarded veterinary nutritionist, Dr. Lindsay Bullen. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, Dr. Marks. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we're so glad you're here because I know if anyone can help us, it is you. When we are talking about one of the biggest challenges in feline medicine, I think for, if not most of us, all of us in practice, which is managing the obese cat. How do we get these cats to lose weight safely? So let's start foundationally. Where do you begin with these families when they come to you and say, my veterinarian says my cat is overweight and I want my cat to lose weight. Tell me how to do it. Yeah, that is a really, really good question because feline obesity, as you mentioned, is incredibly problematic. Uh, I would say the majority of the cats that come to my practice are overweight to obese. It is also very close to home because I myself have an overweight cat. She used to be morbidly obese, but we are on an active weight loss plan. And so the first thing that I do is communicate. And I think communication is going to be the most important thing for any sort of weight loss, but especially with feline weight loss. It is so important to set these clients up for success by discussing with them what led to obesity in the first place. It is a multifactorial disease. It isn't just, you know, excess calories and reduced exercise. Uh, it's metabolism. It's a change in environment. It's a change as we age, you know, change in activity level. But helping them understand the safe rate for weight loss, the smaller the animal you are, the, you know, the lower number that you're going to see on that scale. So for big German shepherds, we're talking about, you know, pounds of weight loss every couple of weeks. For kitty cats, we're talking about ounces, so fractions of a pound. And we have to remind these amazing pet parents that, you know, their pet did not gain weight overnight, which means that they are not going to lose weight overnight either. It is going to be a slow methodical marathon, not a sprint, but it is absolutely worth it in the long run. And typically when we start with that, you know, solid foundation and communication and setting up realistic expectations, you know, we're setting that foundation for success and understanding with that client. Well, I heard two words there that stick to me um, and hit home for me um, pretty hard, which is realistic expectations. Because I think, at least in my journey as a veterinarian, one thing that I've had to learn and, and had to learn pretty quickly is that for clients to be compliant, we need to be able to give expectations that are doable and reasonable and ones that we can really support, right? Because if we're giving them a laundry list of things that we know are really extreme or certainly are going to take more time or energy or money or all of the above that a client is not on board with, we're not going to be successful, especially for the patient. So help me understand a little bit more about some of these expectations that are realistic that you're giving to pet parents and how the whole veterinary team can help support that. Yeah. So, you know, when we're talking about realistic expectations and we're talking about, you know, slow controlled weight loss, I think one of the important things to keep in mind is that for, for any species, any size, typically the safe rate of weight loss is between one and 2% per week. Now that's the safe rate. 
that is not the realistic rate for a kitty cat. And so I've seen, you know, some challenges when the client comes in with this knowledge or, you know, even one of my colleagues says, hey, safe is one to 2%. That's what we can expect. But for kitties, the truth is we often see 0.5 to 0.75% weight loss per week, um, which is very, very different. So again, setting those clients up for success is saying, hey, you know, your cat might lose 0.1 pounds, maybe 0.2 pounds per week, you're not going to visibly see that for some time. So giving them other metrics to measure success by is going to be really important. It isn't just about the weight. Obviously, that's why they're there. But we have to keep in mind that weight is composed of not just that fat tissue, but also lean muscle mass. And one of my goals, especially for these overweight older guys, is to not just maintain, but increase their muscle mass as well. And as I'm sure everybody's heard, muscle weighs more than fat. So, you know, I tell my clients, hey, look for an increase in activity level, look for an increase, you know, in in play. Um, And then eventually you'll start to see that weight kind of slide off. But if you're seeing that increased activity, if you're seeing it, you know, a happy demeanor, um, a more playful kitty cat, you know, less joint pain, a little bit more well-muscled, that will often kind of get them through that initial period. And then they'll start seeing that weight kind of slide off. The other thing that's really important is, you know, to be able to use metrics for measurement. So I always advocate and recommend that my clients purchase a baby scale or a cat scale. Um, They can often find these on Amazon or, you know, some other online vendor, relatively inexpensive, but weighing them once a week or every two weeks so that they can start seeing, you know, again, those ounces, not pounds in this case, but those ounces slide off. And then again, The final thing in terms of realistic expectations is helping them understand that one pound of fat requires an over 3,500 calorie deficit. That is a huge, huge calorie deficit that is incredibly unsafe to try to target all at once. So we're talking about, you know, maybe a 50 calorie deficit, maybe even a 25 calorie deficit for these kitties every single day. That means that these pet parents and these, you know, patients are going to be on a six month to multiple year weight loss journey. And and that can be challenging and frustrating, but I, again, I've got an overweight cat here. She's lost four pounds over the course of four years, but it's made a huge difference in her quality of life. Those are such great tips. And I really love the whole point of setting up the pet parent of why this happened and that this is a marathon, not a sprint, because they think everybody is about instant gratification today, especially with their pets, right? So to be be able to set that journey ahead of time, I think always um, helps with success. Now, Dr. Bullen, I'm going to ask you the million dollar question here, and I know <laughs> that you're going to have the million dollar answer, but this is one that we all struggle with, which is that obese cat in the multi-cat household. What are some of your magic tricks that you use to get those obese cats to be on the right weight loss plan, but those maybe skinny senior cats that are living with them to not lose weight at the same time? 
Yeah, that's an awesome question too. And and something that my clients ask me all the time. And again, the good news is I can empathize with those clients because I live in a multi-cat household. One of the cats is super skinny, you know, has IBD and chronic kidney disease. And the other one is overweight. (laughs) Um, So one of the things that I personally do is I meal feed each of my cats. So instead of, you know, given a pile of food or an everlasting gobstopper, which the fat cat would just absolutely chow down on all the time, I feed my kitties three meals per day so that skinny cat has the opportunity to eat all of her food so that fat cat doesn't have access to it. Now, I am incredibly lucky. My cats know their bowls and they do not touch each other's food, which is incredibly rare. (laughs) So for those pet parents, that is not the case. Or let's say they have three or four cats or whatever it is microchip feeders can be incredibly helpful. So basically there's a microchip on the collar for each of the pets. You know, you could even just have one on one of the pets. Um, Typically it's going to be the skinny cat so that they are the only ones that can access that food. Now you do have to be careful with those because a, you know, they can be a little pricey. I do think they're a worthwhile investment for clients that, you know, are able to do that. However, I have seen a couple of cases where the fat cat gets, you know, really excited, waits for skinny cat to open the microchip feeder and then rushes over and bullies them out of the way. So for those families, another option is the skinny cat box. And this is one of my favorite tips and tricks, and it's one of the least expensive. So you get a cardboard box, you cut a hole in it that only skinny cat can get into. Fat cat cannot get into it. And you put skinny cat's food all the way in the back corner so that fat cat cannot put their little paw or their head in and eat their food. Um, So skinny cat has access to food anytime they want. Fat cat cannot get in that box. Now, the big, big important thing here is that box has to be um, weighted down or have some form of stable foundation. Um, because I can tell you from experience, I did not do that <laughs> with my skinny cat box. Um, I was in vet school, so keep that in mind. And fat cat got her head stuck in it, whipped it around and knocked all the food off and broke the dishes. <laughs> it was it was very funny to see, but I learned a very valuable lesson that it has to be stable so that fat cat can get their head back out of the box um, and, and not have it, you know, whip around <laughs> or make a mess or anything like that. Um, if you're using a cardboard box, you know, technically you don't have to have air holes or anything like that. I like to put air holes in there just for ventilation because kitties, you know, are very particular about um, the air they breathe, the food they eat, the smells they have. Uh, but again, I love the skinny, skinny cat box um, because again, it's a relatively inexpensive method and one that if done correctly, can be really, really helpful for letting that skinny cat have access to food anytime they want. I wish I had had a skinny cat box for the last 20 years of practice because I think (laughs) that tip alone is going to make a huge difference with so many of the practitioners listening today and veterinary teams. So Dr. Bullen, thank you so much. All of these wonderful guidelines, again, setting realistic expectations, explaining to pet parents how these obese cats got to where they're at and that this is a marathon, not a sprint. We do not have to lose this weight overnight because it didn't come on overnight, as many of us going through the pandemic <laughs> came out of it very quickly learned. Absolutely. Um, again, Dr. Lindsay Bullen, boarded veterinary nutritionist and great friend. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure to be here. And again, I'm Dr. Natalie Marks. Thanks again for listening to Perfect Your Practice podcast, sponsored by Zoetis, powered by AAFP. We'll see you next time.